This is the intro song. Saved you a seat. Welcome to Train Station at 8, episode 22. This is a podcast about video game music. I'm your host, Brian Kelly, and today we're going to be talking about a specific song, and that song is Knights and Riala from Nights into Dreams, composed by Naofumi Hitaya, or however you accurately actually pronounce that name, but I'm not a linguist. Joining me today are a lot of awesome people, including my brother, who is not a linguist, Stephen Kelly. Hi, Stephen. But I am an awesome person. That is actually up uh, up in debate right now, but I'm going to go on a yes. Okay. okay. I am skeptical here. Mm. Steven, who else is joining us today? You, you put this panel together? Well, I was lucky enough to rope three strangers into this conversation with us, wow. and now they're they're already becoming our best friends. Oh, yes. And they're, they are all from uh, Overclocked uh, University, which is a very neat band over from OC Remix. In case you don't know... Overclock Remix is a site full of video game music. Right. It is all kinds of remixes from all kinds of people and all kinds of games. These three radical people contribute to it and are part of the band, as I mentioned before, Overclock University, uh, that is attributed to it. And the first one I'd like to introduce is Steve-O, a.k.a. Level 99. Hello, Steve-O. How are you doing today? Doing good. Just waiting for this train to go by. I notice your name is very similar to mine. Yes, I actually, my, my birth name is Steven with a PH as well, so. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's always cool. so cool, though. I wonder if yeah, I Steve-O was my friend. Well, the, the problem is, is Steve-O was a nickname that evolved from middle school through high school, and then when, right. when I turned, like, 20, 21 years old, I got tired of it and wanted to go back to the regular one, but it, too many people are already calling me Steve-O. I kind of got stuck with it. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm already stuck calling you Steve-O. I couldn't imagine calling you anything else. Not, like, level 99 or something. That'd be crazy. Call me Bethany. Well, <laughs> okay, we we, right, we can so do that. Bethany is actually also level ninety nine. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm gonna eat my words the entire episode tonight. Yes, you I'm do that, Bethany. You will. And also, Stephen you hear the other people attempting to talk as Stevo yells over them. <laughs> the first one is Andrew, uh, who is also known as OA over at Oceanic. Hello, Andrew. Good evening, gentlemen. Thank you for coming to join us. It's been an exciting opportunity. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad here. And lastly, but not leastly, rounding up the panel, we have Dia, also known as Dragon Avenger on OC Remix. Greetings and welcome to you as well. Hello. We are extremely happy to have all three of you here. We've been trying to get someone from OC Remix on for quite a while, and uh, yeah. I think we finally succeeded. This will be great. Um, something I wanted to mention is this is just the second episode of Season 2 for Transition. We've been switching up our format. We used to do kind of an open discussion based around eight questions, and now we are choosing to do it on a single song and really go in-depth on that. We've put out one so far, and we really enjoyed it. So, so interestingly enough, you guys are kind of our uh, guest test subjects yes. for our new format. We've never done this with other people in the room, so hopefully... Though, so it's all good. Appreciate for the most... Yeah, for the most part. Sweet, we're like a focus group, only we're not a focus group. And we're not paying you anything. Oh. It's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, now, some a segment that actually has carried over from season one is, what have you been listening to? And this is just a chance to talk about any music we've recently been listening to, um, video game oh, okay. or otherwise. 
So, well, Andrew, I nominate you. <laughs> what? Right, no, I think you should go, Bethany. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, lately, I've been listening to um, a multitude of video game soundtracks. Uh, my wife has been streaming Final Fantasy XII International, so I've been listening to a lot of that, which has gotten me going back into Final Fantasy Tactics A2, another Hitoshi Sakamoto uh, composed work, and I've also been listening to Shovel Knight, which I recently purchased, and the soundtrack. Yes! I've heard that soundtrack, soundtrack is just horrible. Uh, it is absolutely amazing, and it led me to, uh, Vert posted today, <laughs> he did a version of Guile's theme in the style of Herb Alfred and the Tijuana Brass, and I don't think Ooh. I've heard a better version of Guile's theme. Wait, how did I miss that? Uh, it, it, it's on YouTube, I'll link you guys. Okay, good. I think I didn't hear that. Um, yeah, Shovel Knight is... Ex- extremely wonderful. One of the, one of those soundtracks that just gets better every time I listen to it, and that's that's a special thing. Yeah, um, it, it's incredible. It's extremely well composed. I think it's Jake's best work thus far, but he just gets better and better with every single thing he does. Jake Kaufman is one of those names that we end up mentioning in like literally every <laughs> podcast. Yes, for one Jake Kaufman and Grant Kirkhope get brought up at least once an episode. Oh, it's both of them. Bo- check that box off. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and done. Uh, have you been listening to the arrangement album as well, or just the main soundtrack? Just the main soundtrack. I try to digest the the original songs before moving on to arrangement albums or Fair enough. sections. Um, and, and I really, um, because he does almost all of his stuff exclusively in like Family Tracker and whatnot. I try and listen to that, and then if he makes it available, get the the family tracker files for it to see how he composed it, since I love learning compositional techniques by stripping down how he did it. Yeah, exactly. So Yeah, but Brian has been doing, like, a ton of that recently, not only, like, especially for the new theme song we just made, right. uh, which is based after an Animal Crossing song. Uh, you liked the song before you started doing that. But once you were forced to pick it apart and recreate it from scratch, yeah, you all of a sudden you had this insight <laughs> that I'm very glad you did that, or I don't know if we would have gotten through that entire episode. Yeah, Which song from Animal Crossing did you do? It was 8 p.m. from uh, Animal Crossing Wild World. Oh, very nice. It's a great, yeah. That's a great song. Absolutely. The accordions are amazing. That's mm-hmm. one of the best parts. <laughs> well, I mean, if you like accordions, there's nothing wrong with the Atelier series. It's, there's a lot of accordion in that, too, so... Oh yeah, I'm only vaguely familiar with that musical. But I've I've rambled on long enough. Bethany's done talking now. All right, um, Andrew. Uh, mostly, um, I mean, playing a lot of Mario Kart Eight. Of course, that soundtrack is ridiculous. So, uh, been oh my gosh, yes. a bit. Um, I think the best part about the game, besides the visuals and like just the core gameplay, is the fact that they turned the sound effects way down finally and the music way up. Wait, they did? Did they patch yeah. it? Uh, it's, well, compared to the Wii version, it's been crazy. Um, there is a patch coming out, but, I mean, right now, like, the sound effects are pretty, pretty minor compared to the actual music, which is really, like, a nice touch. Um, and also, um, Pokemon Black and White. Um. Yeah! Pretty good stuff there. Um, like, I've got, like, a, kind of a collection of my favorite tracks, um, that were basically just, like, ripped from the DS itself, so I'm not sure the actual name, they're just numbered, but they're just really good stuff in that soundtrack. I, I heartily enjoyed that particular Pokemon soundtrack. Um, Wait a minute, for some reason, that, that... You heard Black and White? 
Um, yeah, I mean, not like extensively, oh. but I really like the stuff that I've heard. Yeah, because we didn't um, ever I didn't play the game. Yeah. No. Um, it's not like I play Pokemon or anything. It's, it's, I, it's, I, it's, don't don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon is only my life for several years. Yeah. Um, get me started, please. I just finished yeah. getting my live Pokedex done, as in I have all 718 Pokemon in my box right now. Oh that's Wait, what? Oh gosh! Really? Yeah, that's too impressive, actually. <laughs> I think. I think <laughs> okay, we started. Ask to what cross. his next goal is. Ask <laughs> what, what his next goal is. You probably don't want to. It's kind of frightening. But yeah, so um, so Mario Kart Eight and um, and Black and White, and then um, yeah, I've been playing Shovel Knight as well. So like, the music there is also very good. Fantastic. Do you have a favorite track yet, or have you not made up your mind? Um, I don't know what the name of the song is, but it's from the very first stage. Yeah. Uh, ah, yes. I so it's super heroic. It's super like like has a great mood to it. Uh, it flows really well. That's the one that that I keep going back to. I had the bard play it for me, which is weird because the bard tells you the the song name, but I can't remember it offhand. I think it's Strike the Earth. You were correct. It's kind of like the the theme song arranged into a whole level. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, the game. So I'm like saving the soundtrack and tell them, but that is the one song I heard because it was on a podcast I listened to. And it's awesome. I'm here. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it is well worth, well worth, uh, playing the game. Like, you don't even need to play the game, but the game itself is also phenomenal. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, is that, is that pretty much it on your music list right now, or anything else but special? For the time about? being, and speak, actually speaking of Vert, since we need to reach our quota, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, he's, he's doing the music for a, uh, a Kickstarter for a, a 3DS and I think like Oculus Rift game. It's 3D. The game is supposed to be in 3D. Um, okay. And he did. The, he released the theme song um, for free. And like the opening theme song sounds like a sort of like a space opera Gundam type soundtrack. And the, it's oh. the vocalist. And the song is so good. I've probably listened to it like a hundred times by now. That I I had not yet listened to that, but I'm very very curious. Yeah. To well, I'll I'll, I'll get you a link to it so, so you can. Uh, Put in your show notes so people can hear it because people need to hear it. Cause, like the you know, one day, one day, one day we should get uh, Jake Kaufman on our program and not talk about his music at all. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get, go back on that within five seconds of having him on the show, <laughs> or just do that it where true. you're like, yeah, I don't know this artist, but man, this this from this game, it's so good. <laughs> Never heard of this Brit guy. I, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to talk about his dog the whole time. I'm sure he'd love that. Oh, yep. he he would absolutely. He, he loves would. Nugget. Yep. <laughs> you know there is an album named after Nugget. I think that's enough yep. to to convince There's, you of that. Yeah. Good point. Uh, so, Dia, what's been up with your music listening habits? Um. So today I got roped into losing at Mario Kart Eight quite a bit. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I'm I'm really good at that. <laughs> I'm I'm beyond terrible at Mario Kart games. So uh, it was fun, but the music is good. And, I don't know, I do a lot of listening on random. Way to put down your keys. Yep. <laughs> um, same thing with watching Andrew play the first level of Shovel Knight and enjoying that music. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I've, I've actually been doing a lot of random listening as well. I've, I've Brian finally taught me about smart playlists in iTunes, which I didn't know about until, like, last week. So now I can listen to all my good music at once, yep. which is cool. And still keep all the rest of the music on there anyways. Yeah. I know that feeling. Needs to be there. It's history. Yeah, I really need to get a bigger iPhone, but that's a whole other topic. Um, yeah, I've been listening to um, that night song on loop. Oh, good for you. <laughs> you don't um, say. Yeah. Tell me more. 
<laughs> I think we'll go ahead and go on to that because I haven't been listening to much else. So. Oh, I guess you don't care what I've been listening I thought to. You, I okay. thought you finished. What What else? Go ahead. Well, I did want to mention one other thing. Okay. Um, which I is something actually... the rest of the podcast, so please. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> in the car, yep. we when we were both driving in that vehicle today, we were listening to the Kirby 64 soundtrack. That's true. And I just wanted to give another shout-out to that. I think we might have talked about it last week. But I, 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 I want to clear the air once and for all. I'm sorry for belittling it, yeah, we however... We episode on Kirby, and you're like, Kirby 64 is not very good soundtrack. It, it is very good. I'm sorry my past self was uninformed. Okay, I want you to go back and play the clips back-to-back of what you were saying then and what you're saying now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> not only is that work, but it makes me look bad. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's what All right. We need to do. Fair point. The soundtrack is good. The visuals are good. The gameplay is a little lacking. The final boss is nightmare fuel. Yep. There you go. Yep. You are correct on all points, Bethany. I could not have said it better myself. I well, swear I will exactly. stop that joke. Oh, um, yes. No, don't yeah. stop. <laughs> uh, but yep. other than that, well, I, I thought it's something I've been listening to now. Oh, okay. Go ahead. The uh, Wrath of Lich King theme song from World of Warcraft. Oh, yeah. Is that because the new trailer came out? No, actually, I'm just kind of always listening to Warcraft music, and recently, um, recently I've been listening to Wrath of the Lich King, and... Oh, that's funny, because nobody who plays World of Warcraft listens to the music, so you're, you're one of the few. That is, actually, <laughs> I know. That is, that is not true. I mean, it's mostly true, but, um, yes. <laughs> uh, when Wrath of the Lich King was out, I specifically made a point, because it was, like, music was winning awards, when I was playing through it, I had music turned on, and, like, Lich King specifically had some amazing songs. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's one song, Andrew would know it by name, but there's a trumpet player, and he plays, uh, having played trumpet, the notes he plays and the volume he plays them at is possibly impossible, except this guy's doing it. So basically what she's getting at is it's an insanely high trumpet note, really, really quietly. It's um, it's from Wintergrass, when it's kind of peaceful out. And right. It's my, uh, it's my favorite uh, World of Warcraft song ever, and I've listened to it, like, ridiculous amount of times. But yeah, like... Lich King specifically, that whole soundtrack was very, very well done. Yeah, listen I mean, to that Vert song a hundred times. He's listened to the Winter Grass peacefully hey, about a thousand times. When I have to find something good, I uh, I internalize it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's that's the way to go about it. I I mean, I guess I've been listening to World of Warcraft yeah. music it's, too since I'm just playing the game. But it yeah. is they've really been bringing it to the soundtracks, especially ever since like Burning Crusade. Um, well, ever since Russell exactly. Brown. Exactly. <laughs> as Russell far as you're working I'm Not that Jason Hayes wasn't awesome, but... Oh, no! Jason Hayes is a, an incredible individual. No, and a uh, former uh, guest of the show. That was awesome. But Yeah, that was amazing. But yeah, he is amazing. Just Russell Brower's stuff is less atmospheric and more melodic, so sometimes it, it's memorable for, in different ways. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Just to uh, pimp something out, if you guys know Jillian Aversa... Yes! Uh, she's of course. been touring with Video Games Live recently, and I know she does the Song of the Highborn. Oh yeah, oh, Lament of the, of the Highborn. Highborn. Yep. Yeah, she does that during their show. So that's so awesome. Oh, man, I want to go to that so much. We, we went to Video Games Live when they had a special like Blizzard festival, where there was just like all Blizzard music before the yeah. show, and that was amazing. Yeah. Like hearing the uh, the intro cinematic of Wrath of Lich King was fantastic. I bet. Wow. Yeah. Yep, I still regret not getting Russell Brown's autograph when I was there, but oh well. There were very long ones. I have a few but... regrets, and that is one of them. Um, all right then. So that's what you've been listening to, right, Stephen? You're not. You're all done now. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's <laughs> that's it. We covered a lot of it awesome. on the last show. 
So what what is all of your background with knights? I'm I'm gonna wait to go for this one because I'm gonna be a long time. <laughs> all right, uh, Andrew. Um, I've played probably about three hours of it. Um, mm. and it's almost enough to beat it. Just about yeah. <laughs> I mean it's and it it's I didn't I did not beat it. Um, uh, my I first saw it at like a like a game kiosk at a store. Um, and it looked pretty sweet and played it a little bit. And then a friend had it and I played it. Um. The, at the kiosk, they had the sound turned off completely so we didn't get to hear the music. Um, and then, um, a friend, we were listening to something else. So, like, it wasn't until actually, like, Overclock Remix, when I started hearing remixes, that I actually got introduced to the music. Right. Uh, through remixes, I heard a co- couple remixes. One was by Macbeth about the, um, the museum theme. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Yep. And after hearing that, I went on, you know, went onto YouTube and listened to the whole soundtrack, and that was my initial thing. And then later on, Sebo uh, invited me on to uh, his nice project, and then I did my first remixing of it. much because it was somewhat traumatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Dia? Um, I helped on a remix of it. You have not played it? No, I have not played Knights. Do you, did you even ever own a Saturn? Nope. Why would you own a Saturn unless you're playing Knights? So I guess yeah, I was about to say. That's <laughs> uh, no, our family was uh, strictly Nintendo growing up, and then uh, PlayStation because of Final Fantasy VII, as many people probably have done the gotcha. same. So, did not go the Sega route. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I think not having played Knights is fair enough. It is on Steam now and, like, on, a, I think, PlayStation Network. Yeah. Maybe Xbox. It's on Xbox Live and um, PlayStation Network. There right. Is, there is no excuse now to have not played. Like, so now, I mean, yeah, now it's, it's easier to get into, but especially even just a few years ago, if you didn't have a Saturn, you probably didn't play Knights. And even if you did play Knights, you probably didn't understand it, because, man, it's a weird game. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. as we had talked about before, the uh, amount of backlog of games that I have <laughs> is pretty bad. Her, her backlog is pretty legendary. Oh, I've... I, I am that way with a lot of different games as well, and I often feel bad about it, but hey. Well, it's especially bad when you host, like, a video game music podcast, and you have to yeah. keep telling people, no, I've never really played Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross or Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, there are always gaps. I haven't played Earthbound, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, You're not missing much on the music on that one, though. Okay, good. I'm yeah. just saying, but that is just my opinion. Well, it's trippy. But, anyways... <laughs> All right. So, Stevo, how about you? You and Nice. What is your, what, oh, what is your relationship? Oh boy, here we go. Um, I got a Sega Saturn for Hanukkah in 1995. I think. Okay. Um, my 
my Hanukkah present that uh, later that year was um, was Knights with the 3D analog controller, and it took me a month to beat the first level of Knights. It, it is it is not an easy to understand game whatsoever, and even when you do get it, it's still quite difficult to, uh, especially with um, the level of 3D visuals. I mean, they did the best they could on that oh, system, geez. but it's just yeah. it, it was still a bit of a horror show. Yeah. Uh, the colors and the the artwork designs were gorgeous, though. Um, Knights was the first out al- one of the first albums of video game music I listened to on a CD player, thanks to Redbook Audio. Um, uh-huh. I I had I own the original. I own Christmas Nights on the Sega Saturn. Uh, I own the Japanese PlayStation 2 import. I own it on PlayStation Network and on Steam. I directed the Knights Lucid Dreaming OC Remix album, so uh, yeah, I've got a a bit of history with the soundtrack. Yeah, uh, dude, tell them about the pajamas. Oh, uh, <laughs> with the purple pants. Mm-hmm. Mm, uh, that's that's another time. I don't want to go. Uh, it. <laughs> <sighs> I, I hate it when our guests ask other guests to tell them about pajamas, and then those guests don't. I know it, it happens very like every other episode. It's crazy. All right, you know what? When you get DJP on here, ask him about Pax East 2011. Okay, okay I'll write that down. Make a note. Make All a right. note. Anyways, <laughs> Make um, a note here. so Knights in Riala is specifically, it means a lot to me because that was one of the first two-player games I played on the Sega Saturn. Knights is a single-player uh-huh. game, but once you yep. beat Riala you unlock a two-player versus mode, and my brother, who's four years younger than me, he and I would just do the Knights versus Riala over and over and over again. Wow. Who's and, better at it? Uh, me, all the time. Okay. Because Good. I was the one that ended up beating the game and not him. So if I remember correctly, the version that plays in the versus is the version we did not play. On Correct. The show today, right? Game of a Tragetic Revenge is the one yeah. in the versus. But it, still, like, listening to it, I would always listen to that version and say, huh, I like the other one better. Hmm. Uh, I've actually, I've remixed the Knights in Riala for mm-hmm. Lucid Dreaming. I collaborated with Avarice and Prophetic, and it, it's sort of a rock, metal, jazz, industrial fusion. It's a really weird mix of genres, but yeah. mm-hmm. um, I, th- I felt I did it justice, and it, it's just, it is my second favorite song on the soundtrack. What's your favorite? My favorite is Growing Wings. The song oh, that plays that's, uh, uh, that's wonderful. It, the Twin Seeds level. Um, it is yep. that song will always make me feel like flying, and just because of how well it is. If it wasn't just the perfect flying composition, Knights in Riala would have been number one. Yeah, so I think and, for me, it's always been a Suburban Museum. Oh, yeah, museum for me and that was actually the one song I've I've covered from Knights and. It just always, whenever, ever since Stephen pointed it out to me, like, he was the one to really get into Nights Between Us first. We both played it a yeah. little bit, but kind of lost interest early on, he went back to it, and he's like, check out this museum level, I'm listening to the music, and I'm like, okay, and I, it, it was pretty ridiculous how great that song was. Yeah, that's one of those songs that immediately puts me into this peaceful mindset. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, right away, until it ends. I, I, yeah. I, I'm a 20, oh, well, next week I'll be a 29-year-old man, and I will openly admit that the the chord resolution during the last 20 seconds of Suburban Museum, I think it's the spicy version, has made me tear up every single time I've listened to it. It is just that gorgeous. It is. Yeah. I would agree, I'll agree there. I only had tears, but um, I, I understand. What, I, I know that feel, bro. Yeah. 
Just just when the, those chords just flow just so perfectly, it's like mm-hmm. you you mentally subconsciously expected it, but you didn't expect it consciously, and it just makes you feel all warm inside. Yeah, it goes right to the heart. Yes. Yeah. Interesting tidbit, jumping back to the um, the what was the remix called? The Nemesis Schema. Yeah, Nemesis Schema. Yep. That's actually the song that pushed me over the edge to um include this uh Knights and Riala song oh, really? for this episode because I knew we were having Steve on and I knew I wanted to um, I and I, both of uh Steve. both Bethany Bethany. Oh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew, having, knew we were having Bethany on the show, and I knew that a- Andrew and um, Dia had also worked on that album. Yeah. And that's the out of all the Nights music, that is the song that I think um, is short enough to s- just sit, just sit there and listen to the whole thing. But a lot of Nights music because it's like ten minutes when you get all the very yeah, and that's yeah. awesome. But I thought it might be a bit of a beast to tackle, but that one's fairly short, but just packed with stuff. So much yeah. stuff. So I thought that'd be a good Alright, so let's go ahead and play for everyone our song this week, Nights and Riala from Nights into Dreams, composed by Nafumi Hataya. That was a great
so that was Knights and Riala from Knights into Dreams. Now, my first question for you all here is, does anyone know what he's saying at the beginning? Yes, uh, it, it's nonsensical dream language. Okay, I always heard it as it, there is no knights. Yes, but. and that that is such a persistent legend about the game that they've sort of made it canon. Oh. Um, well, I mean, have you played Journey of Dreams? Uh, I did a long time ago, and I kind of blocked yeah. it all out. There, there are some allusions to it in the game script itself. It's never wow. fully mentioned, but they allude to it because that that game they speak perfect English. But all of the language done in the original Knights was in dream speak, so it's it's all completely nonsensical. Um, I think it's Baidicho Knights, so it, it means absolutely nothing. <laughs> So, yeah, let's get on to the meat of talking about it here. Uh, anything okay. just jump out about the song to any of you? Uh, the, the, immediately at the beginning, uh, I mean, b- besides the voice, just that, that opening eight chord, super dissonant, like, it, it doesn't fit with any, any real chord progression. The <laughs> is just, it, it's <laughs> like a car wreck. It, it <laughs> well, grabs but... your attention no matter what you're doing. And from that moment on, like, the moment it has your attention, it's so brief that, you know, you're like, huh, what's going on? Like, two seconds, and then suddenly, bam, right into the meat of the song. And like Andrew said, when he was listening to it, he's like, yeah, all right, I'm grooving to this. Yeah, and how they, like, just, it's like this orchestra hit song that's done at such a high pitch and so rapidly, you don't hear that very often. Right. You know, normally you hear orchestra hits, uh, stuff like Konami used to accentuate, um, yep, Specific changes, like the beginning of a measure, or yep. when, or when stuff goes to, was it the, the, the tonic? I think I'm, I'm using advanced music words that hey, I don't. You're getting really out know. of my level here. You're getting out of my depth a little bit, but I can. Pretend <laughs> Does a lot of his own level here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, that's not normally done. It, orchestra hits never sound good in that quick of a succession. No, not to play like a melody alone like that. That's like a really interesting way to do it. Um, but it was brief enough that it kind of just caught you off guard before jumping into the main song. Yeah, definitely. I, I would agree that it's not like, I think, I don't necessarily like that part, but it gets your attention, then it's done, and then from there on out, it's like, I'm wondering if, um, I'd have to probably look up their history. The composer, like the initial like kind of groove that they set, and like the rhythm that they use in the, like, in the guitars, sounds yeah. really similar to a lot of like Sonic Adventure type writing. Yeah. yeah. I think Naofumi Hataya, his, I'm gonna look up his, his stuff. He's done Space Channel 5, he, he did stuff for Sonic the Hedgehog CD, he did, oh, his team just has a distinct sound in this era. Definitely. Yeah. And it, it shares a lot of that. Um, hey, speaking of Sonic Adventure, I think, um, the, oh sorry, go ahead, Steve. Just a side note, um, is there any amount of money I could pay you guys at OC Remix to make a full album about Sonic Adventure music? Um, any underhand yellings? Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that so much. I'm willing to do anything for that. Anyway, we can talk about nights some more. Just want to just put that out there. You can yeah. talk to me after the show. Yeah. And we're not rolling. We <laughs> um, have yeah, in the back room in five minutes. Exactly. Wow, this is going to be a short podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the piano part also reminds me a lot of some stuff in Sonic Adventure. That, that kind of jazzy, fast paced. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> And it must be said that this is one of my favorite piano solos in a video game, maybe right. just in life. Yep, for sure. I would, I would not disagree with you there. It, it, the groove that it sets is really, 
really catchy. So, so something interesting I thought about this song is like this. I think in a lot of other contexts, this song wouldn't necessarily sound like evil. Um, it's more of jazz, but Knights is using it in a context where it's the villain's theme. Right. Um, and that, I think that's why. Well, go ahead. I think one reason they're able to get away with that is because all the other bosses in the game were these nightmarish mo- monstrosities that were much larger than you and purely, you know, what were they called? The, the Nightmarin. Uh, Nightmarin, there you go. That's, it's kind of explicit in the name. But Riala, you know, is sort of like your Shadow the Hedgehog to your Sonic the Hedgehog. He's your rival. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's not just a villain. You feel like he's maybe um, an antagonist who may join your side someday. Well, so, something else I thought about it is Knights, using something that have, would go into like a pentatonic or a minor scale, it's like those are often darker scales, like blues and rock is not used in the primary soundtrack of Knights. So it's almost like even using a genre like blues and rock for Knights is going into the darker side of music. Good point. Mm. Yep. Uh, the, that is. Oh, go ahead. I was, was going to say the actual the composition of the song is very interesting when you delve into the fact that there's a lot of shared motifs that go throughout the entire soundtrack. That yes. opening eight chord orchestra hit is, uh, if I remember correctly, considered to be Riala's melody. So that that in, in and of itself is you know that's the super evil that is your that is your shadow right there. And then suddenly it, it gets into the, that, that jazzy section, the super upbeat. It still feels confrontational, but it's ecstatic enough that you still feel Knights' influence because Knights is this really goofy, unpredictable, almost like a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. So even in facing down what should be your greatest rival, you still have that feeling of hopefulness and that you know, this is still going to be fun. Well, what um, I absolutely love is when they bring in the Knights theme. Mm-hmm. At the end, kind of, it sounds almost like it's battling against the uh, piano. Yeah, and they, they modulate it in a way that it's not like it is. It's you know, it's familiar enough, but it's not exactly the same because yeah, the situation is different. That's mm-hmm. a little twisted. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Uh, the the last. I think like 30 seconds of the song when right before it starts to get to the fade out they take that motif and they run through it once and the final note of it is off by one step one yep. step lower and it makes it sound really wrong but then, yeah, they, mm-hmm. but then they repeat it and they do it correctly so it's you yep. have the, the incorrect version Riala's off night's melody and then the correct night's melody and it is literally a melody battle Good point. They even put it heavily in channel left and then heavily in channel right. Yep. So it's very much like a battle between the two. Absolutely. That's an, I think I've been realizing that subconsciously for years, but spelling <laughs> it out like that makes that really a brilliant idea. Yep. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, and to jump from the end of the song to the beginning of the song, um, how we talked about the, the intro of those weird orchestra hits. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of upsetting and launches you into the song. Mm-hmm. Then there's sort of that jazzy intro. It's like, okay, this is going to be fun, but I really appreciate how they pull it back for a second, kind of bring back those orchestra hits and kind of delay it. That- oh, and then they go into the song. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, it, it has a really nice intro to it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, this is going to be a good song. And then just the transition to very clearly to the 
primary refrain. Yep, exactly. And then they repeat those same orchestra hits right before the final section of the song, before the you know what you'd consider the coda, um, or it, right before it gets into the that off night's melody and the proper night's melody. They bring back those eight orchestra hits, and that's after pulling the song back even farther and just they have this really sort of chill backbeat drum area. Oh, um, the bass solo. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's really just, yep, and, and yeah, bass solos don't get a lot of love. No, <laughs> they did that games. one pretty well. Yeah, it's not as good as the piano solo, but no. very little else could be. Nah, that, that's absolutely true. I mean, not even like the guitar solo stuff in the other version. It's as good as the piano solo. So right, and also box. just a quick side point is that the the song itself, like if you look at the actual boss environments, like the stuff for. You know, whenever Deep It Lies plays, that really sort of weird disco reflective underwater boss area. Yeah. And then um, for, what is it? Oh, God, the the guy who does the mantle. The, I forget oh, yeah, 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 the jester guy. Jack, the yes, Jackal. Jackal. Yep. I do uh, not know Knight's name, but boss yeah. name. So. <laughs> yeah. Riala's environment is by far the most evil looking and oppressive. That red mountainous space arena. It's yep, right. it's very evil looking, so I think it sort yeah. of balances that you don't have as evil sounding of a song throughout. Uh, that's true. Yeah, they also just they want the song to be really high energy because they're supposed to be excited about this fight. You know, it's the most fluid and fast fight in the game, so they don't want it to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm facing this mountainous evil so much as I am pumped to to face off against this guy. Right. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So pulling it back a bit, uh, Dia, what did you think of this song overall as someone who hasn't played the game before? Oh, that's a good point. Um, definitely fast-paced. I would say, like, if I was listening to it out of the blue, not knowing it was Knights, mm-hmm. probably put it in with a boss battle or some kind of, like, racing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the end before something else happens. So they definitely do a good job in conveying that tension. Mm-hmm. That's and, a good point. You know, putting it to you that, you know, something big is going on and you need to get amped up for it. Exactly. I feel like the only the only time the song really lets up at all is possibly during that bass solo. Yeah. And great. it's it's still a you know a pretty intense bass solo, so the song doesn't yeah. let up a whole lot. Um, but yeah, that's it. Kind of takes a really breath, like those orchestra hits in between the piano solos, but yeah, it never like totally slows down. Mm-hmm. Speaking of comparing it to a racing game, I would. Totally play a Knights racing game. I just well, the level design is almost like a racing game in Knights. Why don't you just it, play Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed? There you I go. I do, and I love it. But there's only one Knights character, so oh no, Riala's in there. There are two. All right, gonna get say. See, so you, so you can race Knights against Riala. Totally in the Knight stage. There's a Knight stage point. also, or partly Knight stage in Sonic Riders. So you have a lot of Knights racing to do, Steven. You're right. I guess I don't need to complain so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, here's a question, though, and I'm infamous for missing the smaller background elements of the song, okay. but although you, we talked a bit about the bass, and although the piano tends to steal the show, and the orchestra hits do as well, whether... whether Are we talking think, about the kazoo? Um, n- no, this is not a Grant Kirkhope arrangement. Oh, right. How, yes. <laughs> I'm just talking about the drums yeah. and all the little stuff going on in the background. Do you think that that's a strong element of the piece, or... Should it is it in the background for a reason? 
I think personally, like, so basically the drums, what's happening is there's a lot of loops that are having small parts layered on for certain sections and then taken away for others. I think yeah. there's so much going on that there's some, something's got to give. And I think, like, while the drums, I feel, as far as writing, are the weakest element. Agreed. They, and they, they give the energy to the track. And if, I mean, if they were going full bore like everything else, there wouldn't be enough room. Like, it would just... Mm-hmm. You're, you're, but there are a bunch of like tom fills and stuff. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they keep they, they they keep the variety there, but I mean, typically like the beats, the beat stays the same throughout, and they just add or remove some higher like you know hand percussion elements, um, depending on the section. So it does, it's not just one single sound the whole time, but it's, I mean, the beat is very consistent, and you know, it's got that like you know, it's got the the kick on the one through four, and then it has like the upbeat hi hat, um, where you know it hits on the and. So it has it definitely has a very electronic sound to it. Um, yeah. I think I think it was chosen specifically for a reason to not take precedence over the rest of the track. Um, I, if, I think if, if it was a full on like acoustic kit with a drummer like and a more composed feel to it, that it would be too prominent in the track. The track would lose energy, and the other elements would. It'd be one more thing to fight for the spotlight. Yeah, it is a very busy track, and I actually noticed the same thing as I was listening to it, and I'm like, these drums don't blow me away. Like, I listen to a lot of other second music, especially, like, Sonic Adventure stuff, and I'm like, these drums are really good, and the composition of these seemed kind of, you know, simple in background, but I think that suits the song. I mean, they're kind of complex, but they aren't loud. Right. Yeah, I, Andrew, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head saying that something had to give. Mm. Um, it's not that the drums are bad or even underwhelming. They just, they can't be the hero. Like, there's too much. I didn't notice there was no listen for it, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, kind of, it's always interesting to hear your perspective on it, Andrew, because, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're still on the on the OC Remix panel of judging music, right? I am, as is Dia. We are both judges. Yep. Oh, nice. oh that's right. You do this well, Dia. I totally forgot about that. Totally. Um, so, both of you guys, when you... Let's say that this song was submitted, this quality of music. What would be your reservations for putting it on the site, or would you have any? Um, we would probably make mention of the drums, but everything else is so on. Um, I definitely would be like, what's up with those orchestra hits? Yep. <laughs> but, but really, like, definitely, I mean, it would make the site. It would make the site, no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could, it, you could probably mute a few things and it'd still make this side based on the piano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting, I noticed, is I'm listening to a bit of the Nemesis schema, and it uses a little more traditional of a drum kit um, with it. So if you kind of want to hear what it would sound like, and you'd be able to speak more to this, um, Bethany, because you made this song. Thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> but it does sound a bit more like a traditional drum kit playing to it. Yeah, um, well, but before I forget, just one small note. Um, I kind of agree with you guys that the drums in it, you know, they can't be the the dominant because there's so much else fighting for dominance throughout the mix. But if you listen to it, the same loop that plays in Knights and Riala is also the loop that plays in Message from Nightopia. The, what? The exact same loop. Really? Yes. That's the exact neat. same um Kick, snare, sixteenth uh, note, uh, tambourine. Which, by the way, Andrew and I are both very on for tambourine. 
Both, we, we both love tambourine in our mixes. Yep, tambourine. You'll hear it in pretty much every one of our mixes ever in some Tampa form. Bros for life. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, for the Nemesis schema, the the original thing, and I can I could probably take a screenshot of the project file if I can ever get sonar working again. But I used addictive drums at the time to render, I think, six different drum kits. So while you hear a lot of variation in it, it's still it's loop based. So there's a whole lot of different kits playing at any given time, and they, depending on how many are playing, what they're playing, how they're panned, in the Nemesis schema, it adds a a similar feel to it. Like, it still feels kind of sequenced, kind of predictable, kind of these aren't drums that you recorded in a studio, but they all have really interesting timbre elements to it. Yeah, I'm listening to something. I I really like it, actually. I think the song is can be helped by a more active drum roll in it. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I especially like the part where it's kind of like um, hitting the same note multiple times when you kind of headphone it in guitar solo and have the drums are playing along to that. It's, it sounds really good. So. Yep. Also, one thing I have to point out, because it hasn't been mentioned yet, but in this song, Dad Brass... You're right. I can't believe it took us this long. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, it it might be my ska roots, but I just the even if you could tell, it's not the highest quality brass no. out there. It's just so peppy. Brass is really hard to get synthesized, especially at this stage of video games mm-hmm. uh, to sound right. So I think they did a pretty pretty good job of at least mixing into the song well. Right. In general, I think the entire Nights in the Dream soundtrack. Was phenomenal at faking stuff. Oh yeah. yeah, to the point where you almost wouldn't want live instruments. Like to it was be only introduced. the fact that it was fake. Like it sounded good that it was fake in a weird way. Like super Ex- well, but, yeah. Point in case in point. Point in case. Point, say point in case. Case in point. All of the above. When you moved on to its uh, well, successor, it's su- its successor that may or may not be a good game, depending on who you ask. That went for a much more traditional, flowing, orchestral style. It was very pretty. Mm-hmm. It it did not match the energy of the original Knights. I can't help but wonder how much of that is because they were intent on using live instruments for a lot of it. Yeah. Instead of, you know, just going with going with the synthesized stuff, which is... It, it kind of like the original Soul Calibur had more energy than some of the later ones, because right. it was... He's just so into that Yamaha keyboard or whatever we're using <laughs> at the time. Andrew, first thing, let, let's settle this. I think Andrew and I agree. When it comes to Journey of Dreams, art design and music top-notch controls, visuals, and story, you can go right in the gutter. I would agree. I would agree. Like, I'm, mo- I'm mostly there. Yeah, I, and that's all because they decided to shift development like with only like a year remaining to the Shadow the Hedgehog engine on the Wii. Oh, gosh. Yeah, there's a huge backstory about that. But anyway, um, this is a really interesting discussion to have. Um, and the way I, I also liken this to is that if you listen to the original Final Fantasy Tactics and then Final Fantasy XII, same composer, same general style, but... The original tactics, because of the, the low-quality samples, there, there's this attack to it where it, 
it doesn't sound real, but it sounds more spot on, more yeah. enthusiastic. For sure. And this is an interesting dis- discussion that we actually had at length. We had an episode on the switch from synthesized to live instrumentations in games. Um, oh, that's right. And yeah, it's a, it's a really good topic that has a lot to it because it's not just an idea of music progressing. There is something that changes with that progression. So, right. Are you guys very familiar with Soul Calibur, the whole series of music? I am. I've I've played all of them, and I've listened to the music really extensively. Yeah. Oh, wait, didn't you do uh, a remix from Five? Was that you? Yeah, I did uh, Zvi's theme. That was, that was really cool, not only because it was a great song and a great arrangement of it, but because no one else does that. Like, <laughs> no one pays attention to... Soul Calibur music when it comes to remixing, I yeah. feel, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I definitely thought, that, like, um, the earlier ones had that sort of, like, energy and punch that the later ones, I mean, wh- while a lot of the themes are really similar, like, it felt a little too meandering melodically to be a fighting game, where, like, yeah, like, as a direct example, like, Guilty Gear, where it's all about, like, the melody. Like, you could take, like, a Guilty Gear song and do it in an orchestra, like, arrangement, and it would still have a ton of energy based on how the melodies are written. Yeah. Yeah, Duelists was such a fantastic song in the original Soul Calibur for that reason, I think. But I think that the Dreamcast Soul Calibur and Nights into Dreams both did the thing where you wonder if an orchestra could possibly keep up with that. Like, <laughs> yeah, true. Just, and Soul Calibur would be like, dun, da, dun, 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 dun. like, wait, that was with like a full orchestra doing that. It didn't sound real at all. Right. But it did sound awesome. Yeah. And I also would personally say, Soul Calibur wise, I like the first one because the narrator did not sound nearly as hackneyed as he does in <laughs> later games. <laughs> I guess you have a point there. But yeah, no, I, I also agree that the, the the soundtrack for the Soul Calibur, like the Dreamcast and arcade version, is just it, there's no way it's realistic. But the compositions are so strong as to embrace the yeah. unrealistic aspects. Absolutely. So, anyone have any closing notes about Knights and Riala? Anything we uh, haven't covered? Well, I will say that it's the song that most makes me wish I could play the piano. <laughs> yep. It would take many, many years for me to get that good, but... The key is if play I could, it slow and then speed it up. There you go. You know how to do it. They actually song. have a, sh- a uh, sheet music for, for Nights into Dreams. They have a whole oh. piano book. Really? Sega put that out? Yeah. It, it's an official... It's Japanese, and I think the going rate for it now, it's like 80 to 100 bucks, but... Uh, uh, I'm sure they have scans somewhere online, but yeah, they, if you really wanted to, they've got the piano solo for Knights and Riala. Yeah, well, clearly this is my calling. Yep. Oh, good point. <laughs> it's, it's normal music notation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But closing, it, it's a, it's just in general, it's an extremely complex and deep song with a lot of layers that you can dissect and find each and every one of them being hair, very high quality, except for the drums, and that's because something needs to give. There you go. You just summed up our... See, we could have just said that. Yeah, you, yeah why did we pause that? Stupid <laughs> <laughs> I just wasted 40 why minutes. Why is this even a thing? <laughs> I don't know. What are we doing? Take it down. Take the site down. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming. Oh yeah, you're welcome. I'm always here. You yeah. are, but sure. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I mean, like the song is like, I guess my my one last thing about the song itself. Yeah, go ahead. That, um, everything is so packed and like concise, 
Like, there's so much going on, but it's, like, there's nothing wasted, like, time-wise. Like, the arrangement, they're just fitting as many ideas as they can at once. So, like, even if you, like, it goes to, like, the breakdown at, like, the one minute or, like, it changes a section. And it's, like, wow, all that that my brain is processing is, like, has only been in the first minute. Usually, like, a lot of times that's just, like, the intro to songs. (laughs) Yeah, that's a That's a good point. Yeah, that's super true. And just a side note, just because we do it, Overclocked University does do a live version from the Lucid Dreaming. We don't do Nemesis Schema, but we do do Twin Seas Flyby. All right. Awesome. And, yeah, that's something I wanted to ask you all before we go here. Is there anything you're working on or want to plug? Um, Go ahead, Bethany. Uh, Well, actually, I'm going to Andrew, because the first EP was... um, uh, more of my arrangements than Andrew's, and the second EP is going to be more of a, Andrew's arrangements than mine, so I'm going to let Andrew talk about it. Oh, uh, yeah, right. we got some, uh, so what's coming up for the second EP um, is a good mix of popular and obscure stuff. Um, we've got a Turrican mix that's pretty sweet um, that no one's heard yet, but it's actually finished, so we just need to uh, um I'm not sure when we'll debut that one, but the song itself is done. Um, got a, uh, pretty good, um, League of Legends, which is, it's pretty rocking. It's got, oh, that's fantastic. Um, and then some of the stuff we've been playing live, um, a couple of vocal tracks, uh, featuring, uh, Steve-O and then our, um, one of our other band members, uh, Amy, uh, on vocals. So nice. we got some good stuff coming up for that EP. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, that, and where, where should we look? If we want to be there day one when this drops, um, you can follow us on either Facebook or Twitter, and we have a Bandcamp page um, where you can purchase our first EP if you're so inclined. Yes, uh, the Facebook is if you just go to facebook.com and look up over, Overclocked University. Uh, Twitter, we are at Overclocked Uni. Uh, we are over uni, was it Overclocked University at Bandcamp.com, I believe. Mm-hmm. And awesome. And yeah, we have physicals of our first EP as well as digital versions. You know, as Andrew said, we're working on the second EP. Uh, we do play a couple live shows where you should, uh, almost definitely be at Magfest regular this year. Um, not sure what else we'll be playing at. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's mostly what we're working on right now. That's excellent. And if, if at all possible, Brian and I are going to try to go to Magfest next time it, it yep. pops up. As you should. It's, it's, you have not yeah. been. So. It's a good time, yeah. Um, this would be my seventh, I think. Oh, nice. wow. That's impressive. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be my eighth. Yeah, Steve was plus one on me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's, it's, it's the kind of thing that I've always wanted to go to, but now that we're doing the show, I feel like we're obligated. Like, now we have a real excuse to exactly, actually buy the exactly. tickets. Take that excuse, because it's, right. it's a great time. You'll love it. Brian, we need to make some t-shirts. And I mean, even if you weren't part of something involved with gaming or game music, it's just a really good place to go and hang out and pick up street passes. <laughs> I hear so many good things about the street passes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, uh, it's just a gigantic hangout with friends. Just a gigantic gaming hangout. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds awesome. And also, uh, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's actually, that's where Overclocked University was born. Our first show as o- OCR Live, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> where we, we played with Wander on the Offensive and yep. Yep. We horribly mixed, could barely hear anything. <laughs> I mean, holding up a microphone to a violin is not... Yes. Oh, no. gosh. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's amazing, man. Is that like archived somewhere? I sure hope not. Probably <laughs> <laughs> well, better off that it's not. Someone's yeah. cell phone somewhere. And we, yes. I, I think we actually started this in 2011 and spent two years, um, two or three years just getting more arrangements done by going to conventions. You know, we did that and then we started, uh, doing some other OCR songs and then we started writing our own arrangements to do there, uh, which is how we ended up doing our DuckTales and Donkey Kong Country songs. Um, and then right before we started doing our full show, that's when we came up with like Star Fox and Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross and all those other awesome songs. Chrono so. Cross was still for a panel. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, Chrono Cross was for a panel. Um was it um Ico? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I got confused. We have a lot of songs. We have a lot. Yeah, I I remember that Ico one. That was that was I think one of my favorites that you guys have done. That's pretty neat. Um <laughs> So, uh, but any other personal, like, any personal Twitter accounts, personal Facebook accounts you guys want to plug before we go? Um, I, just, uh, Level 99. It's like Level 99 on Facebook, Level 99-ish on Twitter. But also, <laughs> also before I go, I, I do want to pimp out, because you mentioned before, I, I don't remember who was recording at the time, but, uh, Andrew's, um, Phoenix Wright arrangements are among my favorites. So I'm, I'm gonna end oh, up yep. just hit, Check, if you've never listened to Andrew's original stuff under OA, check out his Phoenix Wright arrangements. They are to yeah. die for. It's funny you mentioned that, that, um, that uh, Phoenix Wright arrangements, because uh, there might be a Phoenix Wright Overclock remix album in the works. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. I really want that to be true, Andrew. I, is, I he, really do. is he plugging something that, if he's lying about this, I'm mad. <laughs> no, he'd be lying if he told you we we're doing Sonic Adventure. Ah! <laughs> oh, that dagger. Oh. That dagger. <laughs> Just twist yeah, it. Yeah, it is, it is very early, but there is, um, and so you probably will need to wait a few years, but, yeah. uh. Coming in 2017. But there is going, there, there, <laughs> I can, I would say there is definitely going to be a Phoenix Wright Overclock Remix album. As long as it happens within my lifetime, I'm happy. That is wonderful news. So and just don't die before that. <laughs> Be safe. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Neat. Anything else? Um, Andrew, you have Twitter or whatnot? Uh, yeah, my Twitter is OceansAndrew. Um, and you can get some interesting tweets from me. I'm, I don't tweet super frequently, but when I do, it's usually related to game music and it has good stuff like songs that I found that I'm obsessing over. Awesome. And, Dia, how about you? Um, I'm going to pin something a little different, because most of my songs are connected to their songs. Anyways, right. okay. um, I do some crafting, and I have an Etsy page. It's called Dragon Avenger Crafts. So, oh, cool. Crafts. Right now, I'm kind of on hit hiatus, because I'm moving from Connecticut to Minnesota, so all my craft stuff is packed up. But um, I do a lot of, like, Pokemon, little drawstring bags, uh, My Little Pony... Mario, Zelda, and I also take the little dancing solar flowers that you can get anywhere, and I make them piranha plants or fire flowers. Hey, that's really neat. Okay, that's cool. I'll uh, check that out for sure. It should be back up, I want to say, about a month from now. And uh, check that out. All right. Nice. That is and a, I, that I, a unique plug we have not gotten that before. So. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add an additional, more traditional plug. Um, if you do want to listen to a uh, 
a song, a Dragon Avenger official song that isn't connected to Andrew or Steve-O. I recommend looking up the, um, uh, oh man, what's it called? The Armored Core Morning Thinker, I think. Yes, that one, that's what it's called. That was done with oh, yeah. uh, other soundscape. He did the entire OCR album. It's 11 songs, and it is very, very good. Wow. A fine installment to that. Um, so that's that's just my my personal recommendation um, for Dragon Adventure stuff. I'm a thinker, I could break it down. I'm a shooter, a drastic baby. I'm a thinker, I could break it down. I'm a shooter, a drastic baby. I'm a thinker, I could break it down. I'm a shooter, a drastic baby. All right. Well, at risk of this being the longest outro ever, um, <laughs> I'm going to go through our stuff pretty quick here. But before I went into the full outro, I just wanted to say again, thank you all for coming. This was awesome. Bethany, thanks. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> glad that we short, stuck man. with that this time. Boy. Andrew, thank you. Yeah, it's great. been great. Thank you. And Dia, thanks for coming. Glad to be on. Oh, you too, Stephen. Uh, no My problem. good brother. All right, and if you want to email us, you can email us at trainstation at eight at gmail dot com or follow us on Twitter at trainstation at eight. My personal Twitter is Lord Meldor. It's with two R's at the end. Um, and Stevens is Stephen Kelly one eighty. Almost said ten eighty. I've been playing too much snowboard recently. Um, and uh, Trainstation Eight is a part of Whales or Wales, which is a network of different podcasts with awesome shows like this with other awesome people like us. Check out Wales. Or Maybe Wales. not like Steve, though. I'm not sure about. Oh that. well, I meant you and me. But yeah, these, oh, these people. Uh, check out WalesRails.com, and uh, that'll be it. And tell hey, me. Uh, one one extra little train station plug. I sure. will say, we recently put a, a post on Facebook explaining a little more in depth why we decided to change up the format for season two. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. Also, so. we should have a place up that you can find uh, download links to any songs we create on here, like the theme song I put together and stuff like that. So yeah, on so. the SoundCloud, so you can check <laughs> it out there. Um, and yeah, that'll be it. Thank you everyone for listening. And until next time, say goodbye to the monkey porter. Nee, 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 nee.